love. I got what you want. I know what you want. I got what you need. I know what you need. I got what you like. I know what you like. I got what you love. I am your plug. Back again, it's another episode of the Hoop Plug. Man, that intro never fails to get me hype. Happy New Year to all. Happy New Year to you, my co-host, Faraz. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. You already know to all the listeners out there, Happy New Year. Wishing y'all a very successful, prosperous New Year's. You know what I'm saying? My brother Tyler, Happy New Year. Same to you, bro. You already know. More wins in 2021. More bags secured in 2021. It's going to be an all-around win for us you feel me yes sir man i hope you had a good new year everyone listening and you for us i know we had a couple people over the spot in jc couple games of flip cup celebrating the ball drop all that some good stuff and we're ready to break in the new year putting 2020 behind us new year of basketball new year of wins hope it's a good year for all y'all for sure for sure we're not quite out the gate with covid either but you know um, I almost want to say things are starting to get better with the vaccine, which Absolutely. they are. But, I mean, in, in the same token, though, you know, the numbers are getting worse by the day. Uh, be responsible, everybody. We're not out the woods yet. Wear your mask. You know what I'm saying? The more that we wear our masks, the sooner we won't have to wear our masks. You feel me? So let's just do everyone a favor and try to, you know, just just keep it kosher. Everyone wear their mask. Keep it safe, you know? Nice words. Wise words for, for us. With that said, <laughs> man, we're going to get into it. We're going to start off the jump with the Cleveland Cavs, something we've never done, something we've never talked about is the Cleveland Cavs ever since Brown left, but we're going to do it here today on The Plug. You might be saying, why are you guys talking about the Cavs? Well, on our last episode of The Plug, we talked about the teams we thought would have the worst record in the league, and me and Faraz agreed that would be none other than the Cleveland Cavaliers. But man, did they shock the world and shock me and you, Faraz, by coming out the gate, winning their first three games. Now, they're down to 3-2 now, but they are not looking like they will be the worst team in the league. Frost, what are your thoughts? Uh, I have to say, I am surprised. I am very much so surprised. I knew they have a couple guys, you know, who are, who are bona fide buckets. I mean, Andre Drummond is going to give you his 20 and 15 rebounds. Kevin Love, you know, Colin Sexton. But I really thought that this team was a dub. I thought that it was, you know... Losses all season long. I thought it was going to be a horrible time to be a Cleveland Cavalier fan. And they've proved us wrong. You know, these young guys, specifically Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, they've been coming on. They've been balling. You know, they've been putting in that work. They've been hustling, going hard on every play. And, you know, from guys who haven't quite made their way in the league quite yet, you love to see those intangibles. You know, just hustling super hard, playing super hard. And, you know, nine times out of ten, those things translate into positive things onto the basketball floor. And after a loss or two, you know, I saw those guys that were putting in extra work after the game, which was nice. But for the most part, man, these Cavs have been surprising, you know? And that's facts. And the top, uh, what you're mentioning, those two putting out, putting in work shots after the game, that actually came after my Knicks snapped their undefeated season. So, you know, once the Knicks beat you, you got to do something. All right? Facts. But, look, <laughs> The things you mentioned, all great points. This team does have some players on it, so you might have been shocked that we chose them to be the worst team in the league. But 
honestly, the thing that's going to help their cause is Kevin Love just did go down. I mean, this guy has been injury prone and is now injured again. Um, with him out, this team can stack up some losses. <laughs> but <laughs> Colin Sexton, slept on guy, man. This guy averaged 20 points per game. He doesn't get a lot of attention because he's not on Instagram. He's not on social media. He's just about the work. He's just about basketball. He's a bit inefficient at times, but he's getting growing a feel for the game, and he's understanding it more and more with every season. Darius Garland's look really good, clutch sports client. And these guys, uh, up-and-coming backcourt with one of the best dynamic duo names in the game, Sex Land. You can't beat that. <laughs> Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, going to be a backcourt of the future down in Cleveland. All right, I think yeah. I think we've hit the max on uh, how how long we're allowed to talk about the Cleveland Cavs. No, 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 facts, <laughs> facts, facts. But I just want to touch about that nickname, dog. You're right, but that is uh, that's an interesting nickname. You won't see me calling them that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't even think they're good enough to earn a nickname yet. I mean, like we said, Colin Sexton slept on, but you gotta you gotta put in some more time before we get to call you anything. Before you get in any primetime nicknames, you know what I'm saying? Again, like you said, Con Sexton, he's putting up 25 right now this season so far. Darius Garland, he's all right. But nonetheless, unless the Cavs are able to keep this, you know what I'm saying, top five, even just playoff contention team, you know, they got, they got, some, they got some time ahead of them before we're calling them anything. You feel me? So with that being said, we have definitely usurped our Cavs time. So let's keep pushing <laughs> to the next topic. You know what I'm saying? All right. You want to intro so, this one, brother? Yes, absolutely. This is something that's uh, not going to have too many people upset. Not going to have too many people happy, right? This guy has somehow become crowned the next generational face of the franchise, face of the NBA guy. And I think it's a little too early. I'm talking about Luka the Don, Luka Doncic, all right? Where did these expectations come from? I know he had a great bubble, but so did TJ Warren. Look, the Mavs haven't done anything. <laughs> they were the sixth seed in the West last year. I know the West is tough, and that's good. This guy's great, right? He's so young, so much potential. Where could he go from here? Hold on, slow, pump the brakes. We don't give out trophies based on what you're going to become. We give out trophies based on what you are. And the fact that this guy has rose to the top of MVP conversations, I think a bit too early. It's starting to irk me. Yes, Luke is amazing. Yes, he's great. And yes, I think he's going to be a top three player eventually, but he's not that right now. Luca is not going to win the MVP this year. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm one of those guys who I think I'm very, very fond of Luca. I think he's great. But I have to agree with you, man. So far, if we're talking about just a performance-wise, yeah, he's giving you 24-7-6. and six. You know, again, those are great numbers. But look at their record in the West. You know, at the end of the day, like, to be a most valuable player in the NBA, that comes with winning games. You know what I'm saying? That comes with yeah. having a successful team, you know? Um, and, again, I... I, I pretty much I agree with you on the head. I think Luca is going to be a star. I think it's a little bit too early. Not too early in the sense of, you know, three, four years down the line. But maybe next season. Their team is not good. Um, they, they got rid of a key piece, in my opinion, in Seth Curry. Uh, and, like, this True. point around, this time around, defenses are locked in on Luka Doncic. He's getting the superstar treatment. He's getting the double down every single time, you know. Um, and it shows. He's not... 
He's not exploding like he was last season in the playoffs and that kind of thing. But nonetheless, I know he has it in him. I know another season he's going to be able to figure out these defensive schemes. Because, again, his first two years in the league, he's facing a completely different defense from every single team in the NBA. Now, coming in, people are trying to lock him down. They're trying to have him do nothing, you know. And, again, he's putting up a valiant effort. But I'm going to have to agree with you. This is not Luka's MVP season. Yeah, and, and we're not saying that he won't have one. I just think it's a little bit early. And one it thing is. in Luca's defense is Mark Cuban did an interview with Bill Simmons on The Ringer, and he did mention, Cuban that is, that after the bubble, Luca went back to his home country. I, I'm not sure what country that is. I think it might be Latvia or something like that in Europe. Mm-hmm. And he, the, lockdown stru- the lockdown rules were so strict, even Luca, the stature he is, he's got to be a hero in that country. He wasn't even able to get into NBA gyms or practice facilities, not NBA gyms, but practice facilities over in his home country. So that did slow down his offseason program, slow down his training, coming into camp a little out of shape. So that could have an effect on it. But either way, I just think it's a little too early. There's a lot of great players in this league, and I think Lucas' time is coming, but it's not here quite just yet. Yeah, and I mean, if we look at his uh, his draft class, compadre, you know what I'm saying? Really, the two guys that names are almost always brought up it, it, in unison, uh, Trey Young. Trey Young is balling right now. I mean, he scored a little bit more than Luka, giving you eight assists a game, and they're winning games right now. And I don't want to get too much into the Hawks right now because we have him scheduled for later on in the program. But, I mean, hey, like, at least you got to surpass a guy in your draft before we're giving you the most valuable player in the league. There's other guys, you know. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Luka will be an MVP, just not yet. And you brought his name up. Trey Young's been doing his thing, bro. He's been doing his thing. Yo, he's he looked like balling. he stole the superpowers from Steph Curry. Uh, he's got that team <laughs> playing good, good basketball. They put some good pieces around him. Atlanta, back on the map. Word on the street is on the 21st, he actually got his powers, dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm still waiting for mine. But, yeah, guys, you already know with Hoopluck. You know what I'm saying? It's a fresh, lively podcast keeping you guys entertained. We got to have the fresh, lively topics. You know what I'm saying? This week mm-hmm. around, we got a new topic. The way too early observations. You know what I'm saying? And we got a few teams in the mix, a few teams in the discussion. But the first one that we, it's important to talk about, we got to touch on, man. It's those sons down in Phoenix, man. They look yes, like the sir. real deal, holy field. Yes, sir, man. When we're talking about dynamic duels coming into this season, everyone had BK711 on their mind, KD and Kai. Also, we're talking about LA, AD and Braun, and Kawhi and PG. But the new addition was supposed to be that dog, that bull, CP3, and the high-scoring Devin Booker. We already seen what CP3 could do with the high-scoring power guard alongside him in James Harden down in Houston. That was a team that had the Warriors down 3-2. Everyone thought they were going to the finals. They were better than us. Go ahead. Better than the Russell Westbrook Rockets, by the way. I, I just have to put that out there. Absolutely. How quick they forget. How quick they forget. But, yo, when you're talking about dynamic duels, this was supposed to be the new duo on the map. But look, guys, CP3 coming off of a reviving season, finally having good health on his side. Sure to make up, sure to shake up the West. But it's been a different duo getting it done in Phoenix. Cameron Payne and Cameron Johnson, second in the league in terms of plus minus for duos behind KD and Kyrie, only by one point. But, guys, these aren't empty stats. Cameron Johnson is having a breakout season, his second year in the league. This guy is a rangy forward, can really shoot it. 
Cameron Payne. You probably known him from the dances with Russell Westbrook back in OKC. He's getting it done too off the bench. It's been this bench unit for Phoenix that's actually been scaring a lot of teams. But when we're talking about this whole Phoenix Suns team, it's got to go. You can't forget to mention the starting five. They've been getting it done. DeAndre Ayton, D-Book, Chris Paul. The veteran leadership's been helping. Jay Crowder's been in the mix looking good for the squad too. They look like the real deal, man. Yeah, man. I, I really want to touch on the Suns because uh, not that I thought that they were going to be overrated. I knew they were going to be a good team, you know, but I just felt like, you know, before we can even go out and say that Devin Booker, as great as he is, he's unproven, you know, and Chris Paul is old as much as we love him and as proven as he is. You know, we never know what he's going to do now What in his 14th, 15th season. Yep. You know, again, we always know he's going to have a positive impact on the floor. But nonetheless, I digress. That acquisition was probably the best thing the Suns could have done period they're gonna change the whole scope of their franchise for a long time because you had got you had talent you know what i'm saying you have a lot of top draft picks you have devin booker you have deandre and you got cam johnson you got you got a, a lot of young guys mikhail bridges you know what i'm saying yeah but there were no there was no veteran leadership you know and chris paul he's the epitome of veteran leadership you know what i'm saying he's gonna teach these guys things about the game they may have not picked up from you know, 90% of the league, you know what I'm saying? And 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 the stuff that they're going to pick up from Chris Paul, this is, these are historical things. Chris Paul is a point god, you know what I'm saying? The things that he's picked up from guys when he was a rookie and early on in his career, it's perfect. Now, where do you see the instant impact? Chris Paul right now, he's giving you 13 and 8. To a lot of people, you're thinking, oh, that's not great for Chris Paul. But in my opinion... That's fabulous. You know what I'm saying? Because DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker can give you 50 points on any given night. That's with no exaggeration. That is like that's almost like an undershot. You know what I'm saying? They can easily give you 50 points on any given night. Now, whatever else Chris Paul throws into the mix, that's that's beneficial. But now the difference is they're playing very efficient basketball. And if you notice something about the Phoenix Suns, they don't typically get blown out. They usually yeah. lose close games. And if you notice so far this season, man. All of their games, are, or most of their games, have been close games. And I think that directly speaks to Chris Paul. That veteran leadership is able to help these guys, instead of losing that game by three, winning that game by three, winning that game by four. And we saw that in their first you know, few games. So their first game was against the Mavericks. Playoff team, Luka, you know what I'm saying? Potential MVP. That's where everyone had him at the beginning of the season. Beat him by four. Then they play the Kings. A little, not, not a great team, but I mean, they're on the up and up as well. Uh, they lose the first game to the Kings, but they come back and then beat the Kings by 16, you know? Play the Pelicans in the next game, beat them by almost 20. Then they play the Jazz, beat the Jazz by 11. That's another playoff team. And then another close win against the Nuggets, 103-106. They beat the Nuggets. That's a, they, were, they, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. You get what I'm saying? Those were this all, Suns all ahead, great points, all great points. And I like what you said there, especially in that Nuggets game last night was a prime example a game where the Nuggets were rallying, built a lead when that Suns bench was in the game. Coach of the Suns puts the starters backs in, and they turn the ball over. CP3 coughs it up. D-Book coughs it up twice. And then Aiton coughs it up. Now you're in a tight game. It's nip and tuck down the stretch, and they find a way to win. And CP3 goes on record talking to the media after the game, and he says, this is what you got to do. You got to learn through these rough games while still finding a way to win. That's all veteran leadership. That's all CP3 presence. And the fact that they're able to win the game, win games without CP3 and Booker going for high numbers scoring is a real story here. Their yep. defense has been underratedly good. 
better than anyone has thought. And uh, if that keeps up, this is going to be a team staring at a playoff spot in the West. Yeah, man. And I'm shocked because, again, we always knew that they can go out and do it on the offensive end. But now with the acquisition of Chris Paul, Chris Paul's never going to be, you know, he, he's no longer in the all-defensive first-team NBA. But he's a great defensive player. And that mindset, man, it, it's shown. These guys, not only are they still scoring the same amount with efficient team scoring, they're shutting people down there. You know what I'm saying? They're getting stops on possessions where last year wasn't the same thing, you know? Yep. All right, moving on. We got oh, three. Quick, sorry, one more Go thing. Ahead. Sorry, one more thing. Uh, nonetheless, though, I, I think that they're playing way beyond expectations. I don't think they're going to be the number one seed for the entire season, but I think they really have a chance to be a top five team in the West, no doubt. Thanks. I'm with you on that. All right, moving on. There's three teams, three teams at the top of the East standings that you could have told me. If you told me these three teams were going to be at the top of the Eastern Eastern Conference standings, I would have told you you're lying. All right, you're smoking. I didn't believe. <laughs> and those teams are the Pacers, the Hawks, and the Magic, all tied for first in the Eastern Conference. At the moment, we are recording this with records of 4-1. and one. With the so, 76ers. Yep, tied tied with the 76ers. 76ers, we could have seen, right? Daryl Morey mm-hmm. made a lot of changes. Obviously, the big core is still there. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons surrounded themselves with shooters. Seth Curry, we all love that move. But the other three teams, Pacers, Hawks, Magic, it feels like we got a little bit of a fraudulent situation at the top of the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Which, if not all three of these teams, do you believe are fool's gold? Oof. Okay. I can't I can't touch on that without delving into the reasons why I feel about each team. So let's just start it off. Okay, so the first team listed is the Pacers, right? I think the Indiana Pacers are having a Denver Nuggets type season. Like the same Denver Nuggets season that they had last year, I think the Pacers are having a similar season, okay? Um, I like DeMontis Sabonis. And take this with a grain of salt. I think right now he's playing like an early MVP, Okay, mm. I really, I really believe it. That's that's one. Now, two, the the issue with the Pacers so far. If you look at the games that they've played, they haven't played great competition. So the only playoff team they played so far were the Celtics, and they played them twice. They beat them in the first game. They they snuck that game away. They beat them by one point, one hundred eight, one hundred seven, and in the second game they lost by five. You know, but I mean, in their other games they were looking phenomenal. They beat the Knicks by a large number. They beat the Bulls by a large number, and they beat the Cavs by a large number. With that being said, all of those teams are sub playoff teams. Not gonna probably not gonna make the playoffs this year, if we're being honest. You know, and again, a good team should beat the bad teams. But then it really where we can make the decision, where I can genuinely confidently say I think DeMontis Sabonis and these Pacers are going to go a long way is when they start playing, you know, these top three, top five teams in each conference. You know what I'm saying? So I think it can be fool's gold, but we know the Pacers are going to be in the playoffs. So I think they're solid, you know? The second team now on this list, the Hawks. The Hawks are the real deal holy field bro i'm sorry like these guys they're playing the nets bro like they play two games against the nets arguably you know what i'm saying championship contenders for this season arguably going to be the number one at the end of the season you know it's a little early but nonetheless katie and Kyrie, two of the best players in the nba you know and in that first game they were able to go tit for tat how do you 
the Hawks, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm so ecstatic. The numbers are mind-blowing. The Hawks put up 141 points against the Nets and lost. That's not their fault. I think that comes down to, again, having KD and Kyrie on the other end. Veteran, championship, all-star, superstar experience, you know? But then they were able to come back the next night and beat the Nets by almost 20 points, you know? This Hawks team is the real deal. They go and they handle things against the uh, excuse me against my Chicago Bulls. Unfortunately, uh, they beat the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies are looking crazy with John Morant before his ankle injury was looking insane. And then they beat the, they handle the Pistons. You know, this Hawks team with the acquisitions. I believe they added Rondo. They added a few. Or they added Bogdanovich, key guys. And they they already have you know a similar player to Bogdanovich and Herder. They have Bembry. They have they have a lot of guys. They have John Collins. I think um, I think Clint Capella was a great solid pick for them because they didn't yeah, have a solid man. rebounding big man where he's gonna get you three to five offensive rebounds a night. Their team looks crazy, bro. They are very very solid, and I know it's almost unfair to bring the Magic up now after showing the Hawks so much love, but. They've been doing their thing as well. In their fi first five games, they played the Heat, the Wizards twice, the Thunder, and the 76ers. Naturally, you know, they lost to the 76ers. That one loss comes against the 76ers. But in their first game of the season, they beat the Heat. You know what I'm saying? Runner-ups in the NBA Finals last year. That's saying a lot, you know? They beat the Russell Westbrook, uh, Bradley Beal-led Washington Wizards two games in a row. Handle them. The Thunder, who, you know, Shea is doing his thing, but, you know. They're the Thunder. They, they don't not really say much. So the Magic, they look good. Their competition wasn't as crazy. They got two games against the worst team in the league, who, by the way, I never thought it was going to be that, the Wizards. But nonetheless, I mean, out of all of these guys, I think the ones who have the strongest case is probably the Pacers or the Hawks. It's it, For me, it's those two teams really deserve to be there, obviously, with the 76ers. The Magic, let's see what happens. Not so much. They've, they... We're building through the draft. A lot of their young guys are now in their fourth, fifth season. They've gotten that experience. So let's see what happens, you know? Nice. I agree with everything you said, but for a few different reasons. Uh, let's start with Indy. I believe the Pacers are the semi-real deal. Sabonis so is an absolute problem. Absolutely tore my Knicks up. But along with every other team they've faced so far, people forget mm -hmm. this team has two All-Stars, all right? DeMontis Sabonis, All-Star last year, and Oladipo before the injury. This team also has a really good point guard and a former Rookie of the Year in Malcolm Brogdon, who's really turned into a good player and took a next step, an even next step after leaving Milwaukee. And they have a bubble MVP in TJ Warren. This guy balled out <laughs> 30 points per game in the bubble, tearing the league up, all right? But why I say they're a semi-real deal after everything I've just said, is because Warren went down. Oladipo's coming off an injury, still finding his way. He's looked good, but not like the Oladipo of old. And it just feels like this team doesn't really fit, like as in not truly playing a 2000-style offense. Uh, they still feed through the post. Their offense looks a little bit slow. They don't run as well as the other teams in the league, as well as the top offensive teams in the league, and I think that might hold them back. From a top four seed in the East, but I still think they're a playoff team. Moving on to the Hawks, this is a team that can literally score with anyone in the league. Their offense is up there with the Nets, in my opinion, as the two top offenses in the NBA this season. Um, everything runs through Trey just like last year, but now they have some secondary creators in Bogdan, Rondo, and even Gallinari, a slept-on guy that came over from OKC. Uh, and Capello is always open. 
I mean, this team is filled with shooters, and Clint Capella just hides under the basket and is somehow always open. Him and Collins as lob threats. I really love what they do on offense. All they have to do is be mediocre on defense, and they're going to be a playoff team. And a high seed at that. And now we're going to go down to the Magic. This is the team, I think, if any, is fool's gold. All right. They're good. They're better than last year. Steve Clifford has this team playing defense, and I hope that can stay true. Hope they can defend all year, because if they do, I think they're going to be a playing team, maybe even a seventh seed. And the story, untold story of the year. This is a guy I have, an early season contender for most improved player. That's going to be Markel Fultz, man. I'm so happy for this guy. So, so happy for this guy. He's got his NBA career back on track, averaging 20 points per game for the Orlando Magic. He got tossed up, chewed out, spit out from Philly, and he's found a home for himself in Orlando. Good job, Markel Fultz. I'm just happy that he's playing to his potential down in Orlando. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, I mean, for the most part, you know, we're on we're on the same we're on the same tip. I'm glad you shouted out Markel because you know Markel had a lot of potential, and man, he went through it. He had a really he had a really tough time, especially with the Sixers. His first couple years in the league, even that first season with the Magic, he was getting a lot of hate. So, shouts out to Markel again, showing people why he he was deserved at least to be in the draft. Maybe not yet a number one pick, but I think he has a lot of potential and a lot of time to show us he deserved that. Again, we've said it before and we'll say it again. It's all about the situation when you get to the NBA. All these guys are talented. All these guys are immensely skilled. But when you have the opportunity, when the health meets the minutes <laughs> and you got people that believe in you, uh, a lot of these guys can, can have successful careers. Most definitely, bro. Most definitely. At the end of the day, we got to understand the NBA has only got 300 players. Every single player in the NBA was the best player on their team growing up their entire lives. You know what I'm saying? Every single one of these guys are a professional. They can go off any single given night. So I think it's very important to state that. All right. So, I mean, that's all we got on the rundown. But let's, let's go off the top for a little bit, man. Uh, let's talk about your guy Cole Anthony down in Orlando. I mean, he's been doing his thing, bro. He's been playing well. Obviously, he's not starting. Markel, like we talked about, is having a resurgent year. Um, but this is a guy that fell on the draft boards. But he's been able to do his thing, playmaking while he's in there. What what have you seen from your guy Cole Anthony? Limited minutes, Definitely but limited. I think he's doing every, you know. But I think he's doing everything he's. He's got to do to show that he deserves a spot in the NBA. He's putting up in his limited minutes 10 points a game, five rebounds, which is something I didn't really expect from him, and 3.8 assists. So we know we always knew he was a bucket. We know he's a scoring guard. You know, we also know that he can facilitate. We we know that he's a type of point guard who can really control an offense and run an offense for you. You add in that rebounding aspect, Cole Anthony really looks like a, a less explosive Russell Westbrook. I mean... In, in five games, he's giving you a very, very efficient all-around game. His shooting could use some work, but he's perfect from the free-throw line. If you think about it, he's skilled in every facet of the game. He can play offense. He can play defense. He can run an offense. You know, uh, he can – proving that he can get rebounds again. Only five, five games in. But I think Cole Anthony is a beast. I think he has a lot to prove. And I think if he gets more than 20 minutes a game – think he's going to show us a lot, you know? Yep, and then uh, an, a one, of, a one of the guys, he's both of our guys. I can't claim him even if I want to. But I'm talking about LaMelo Ball down in Charlotte. You know, it's a crowded backcourt over there for Michael Jordan's Hornets. 
But uh, LaMelo Ball, he's been finding his role, and that role is off the bench behind Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier. Uh, he's been like the spark plug for this Charlotte Hornets team. Uh, this is a guy that they've been competitive in all their games. I don't know if they've gotten blown out yet. They might have for one or two games. But they've been competitive for the most part. I like what he's done. He's getting better every game. Had 22 his last game. He's just coming off the bench and getting them up. I think he's realizing he's finding the uh, the balance between facilitating and looking for his own shot. That's something that Lonzo struggled with. I think he still struggles with a little bit right now. But uh, I think oh, he's yeah. figuring it out. Um, dude, Melo is showing us one thing that I wasn't too sure of. He's a lot of smarter of a basketball player than a lot of people give him credit. Absolutely. For. You know what I'm saying? He only put up, he put up zero points in his first game. You know what I'm saying? And now five games later, he's averaging 11 points. Again, a lot of players, after being drafted so high and underperforming in their first game, when people were expecting you to put up, you know, a 30-point game, right? Again, depending on the minutes, and you underperform to that extent, the fact that he was able to come out the next night and not really let it affect him, and like you said, every single game he's coming out and he's getting better. And if you look, again, in limited minutes, if you look at his numbers, he's given you 11 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. I mean, you give this guy, again, very similar to the last guy that we mentioned. You know what I'm saying? If you give him 30 minutes a game, he's looking like a triple-double threat every night. And actually shooting better from three-point land than he is shooting from the field. He's shooting 45.5% from three-point land. So LaMelo Ball is a beast, man. I think that, you know, once he really gets his feet wet, I think he really is the best ball brother, man. Sorry, Lonzo. That's tough talk because Lonzo's been looking pretty good down there in New Orleans so far this year. But uh, he's definitely got a chance to do that. Um, before we before we uh, close up this pod, one thing I wanted to mention, bring up for y'all is... Wait, real Go quick, ahead. Ty. Sorry to cut you off, bro, but we had the two other things on the lineup. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Steph Lee, the Warriors, and the I did not see that. <laughs> well, I didn't put it. I thought oh, you I put it. I definitely put it there. I just, just forgot about it. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, Do you not oh. want Let's okay, get into okay. it. All right. This is interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. There's been a little talk, not too much of it, but if the Warriors keep losing games, there will be even more talk. About this guy, the one and only Steph Curry, king of the Bay, leaving the Bay and asking out possibly. No, there hasn't been any rumors of it from the source. No, there hasn't been any talk in Golden State. But there's been talk on the plug. (laughs) (laughs) Should Steph Curry, in the midst of what looks like another season, headed straight for not the playoffs but the lottery, ask Bob Myers and that crew in Golden State, for a trade should he be trying to leave should he be getting those wandering eyes you know who knows what draymond looks like when he gets back who knows what clay looks like when he gets back it looks like this dynasty is over steph entering his mid-30s i mean that shooting's gonna age wonderfully that's what we expect but why stay if there could be greener pastures on the other side yeah, so you bring up a lot of valid points. You know, Steph Curry, we don't know how many more years he's got in the league. He's very effective. He's a good player. You know, he could, if he if he keeps up, you know, any of his performances that he's had this season, last season, you know, we think Steph Curry could be effective in the NBA for a long, long time. Do I think he's quick to leave the Warriors? It's tough to say so just yet, but I don't think so. Because this team, I don't think there's another team in the NBA 
with a system and a coach that fits so perfectly to Steph Curry's skill set. I mean, Steph Curry's going to fit in any system. Yeah. But a system based around him so fluidly where he really can run. He can dominate in the way that he's able to dominate the game. You know, he's able to have an offense led outside, inside first. You know, that's something we, ha- we don't really see too, too often, you know? Yeah. With that being said... They picked up James Wiseman, who I personally think he's a beast, man. He's been playing very, very well so far in this NBA season. Even with the losses, he's been playing well. And you still, you got Draymond who's injured. You got Clay who's injured. You pick up another guy in the lottery next year. You know what I'm saying? Andrew Wiggins not playing like a bum. Maybe Kelly, Kelly Oubre bosses up or you trade him, get someone better. Or, you know, pieces, whatever. I think this Warriors team, the dynasty is not over quite yet. I think it's been a little bit of a hiatus for sure, for sure. But in my opinion, if there's anybody who can come back from such a tough injury, it's Klay Thompson. People don't understand the type of work that Klay Thompson puts in. He's such a hard worker. And the fact that he could give you 30 in, on any given night, he can give you 60 points on whatever 90 seconds of touches or whatever it was. He could be a number one option on any team. And the fact that he's willing to play defense, guard your best player, be a second or third option at times for a championship team, I think that speaks numbers to the type of guy that Clay is. So I think Clay can make a full comeback. Draymond, we know, Draymond, we know he's a hard worker. Do I think it? he has as much of a chance to come back strong like Clay? Maybe not. But I think this team is solid. You replace Draymond or you have him coming off the bench and you replace him with James Wiseman, who in a year or two is going to give you 20 and 10, maybe 25 and 12. If he lives up to those expectations, I think this Warriors team has got a lot to live up to so far. Yes, Wiseman has shown flashes, but that that type of development is never guaranteed. Clay out for a while. Yeah, it's a a road. It's going to be a rehab road. You've seen the pictures, man. Steph looks miserable. They're getting demolished. <laughs> They're not just losing games. They're getting smacked. This guy looks miserable, man. I don't know if he can wait that long. And like you said, the style, <laughs> the style, everyone plays like the Warriors now. It's a copycat league. Everyone's you chucking think? up threes. All he needs is a passing big like Draymond. You got Marcus Gasol's out there. You got other guys, Jokers. I mean, obviously, they don't grow on trees. But I think... This man is miserable right now in Golden State getting beat the way he is. I think there's another there's oh, definitely there's- another situation out there he could find. I think it'd be the smart thing. And the thing is also, Steph legacy wise, this is a two time MVP. This is a guy that was talked about as one of the best players of all time. He's gotta be looking at his legacy. And that's the thing that matters to these guys, especially sons of athletes. It's not just can I be efficient in the NBA. It's about legacy. I mean, his dad's already done it. It's about rings and things. Most definitely, bro. I agree with everything that you're saying, but two things. So first off, Steph Curry isn't... He's playing well, for sure. But he's not playing out of his mind. I mean, he's putting up 26 points That's a true. game. Great. Four, four rebounds, six assists. But he's shooting 30% from the three-point line. We've never seen him shoot that low. So he's the most inefficient he's been in a long time. That's first off. Second off, Steph Curry could retire today... And be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt in my mind in that. You know what I'm saying? Now, do I think that if he retired today, he left a lot on the table? Yes. Do I think he can achieve more? Yes. But what I think this is, this is a time, this is a proving ground for Steph, in my opinion. Steph, you're coming off of injury, you're coming off slow seasons, whatever, whatever, whatever. 
in my opinion, you explode. You go off for as many points. You have the career season that you can try and have because I personally believe Steph, maybe he's definitely on the back end of his prime, but I think with a player who his game is so based on shooting, not necessarily a physical aspect, he can be in his prime for a very, very, very long time. So I think Steph, yeah, he's not having fun because he's a winner and he hates losing, but there's other ways to have fun. I mean, I think if he goes out and he tries to give you 35 points a game, I think Steph could do it on this team. Why doesn't he go? Why doesn't he set that, those kind of personal goals for himself? You know what I'm saying? But in the same token, though, I do definitely see what you're saying in regards of why waste the whole season. This whole this league is about leaving and finding a better situation. I just damn, I don't want to see. In my opinion, almost leaving, I think, would taint his legacy a little bit. You don't think? Uh, I mean, it's possible. It depends. It seems like we all forget after a couple of years go by. Uh, time heals everything, and that that wound of leaving Golden State <laughs> high and dry, I think, would heal too. Um, his last brother probably wouldn't be too happy about it because, you know, he had the chance to Facts. leave a year earlier and uh, he turned that down to stay in the Bay. Obviously, that hasn't really panned out too well. But it's young. One thing I will say, like you mentioned earlier, is this team does have assets. Uh, Wiggins and the other guys on the team, the picks that they're going to have after this season, um, all, all, <laughs> all can uh, potentially bring them back something plentiful. I think... I think seriously, uh, this team has to look at moving on from Draymond series. Like, really, I I think he might be because he could he could really play his value down in a situation like this. Draymond's value is highest on a winning team, and I think if he comes back and these guys still aren't winning games, his value plummets. So I I think they should probably move him before he even comes back. Damn, that's a very solid point about Draymond because his numbers don't jump at you. He's very much it's it's his numbers, his his value doesn't show up on a stat sheet. And Shows if they're the not records. winning games, yeah, exactly. And if if it's not on the records, what is his value yeah. anymore? You know. So that's a very solid point. That's a very solid point. We'll see. I mean, this is a hot debate. I mean, it almost seems like a gimme for him to leave, but I think with everything that they've built. I don't know, new new stadium? Again, that's not enough for someone to stay. But, I mean, this there's a lot of exciting things happening on in the Bay Area. Hey, you man, know? you got to look at LeBron. Look at KD. It's better to leave a year early than a year late. And uh, Steph's yeah. got some things to think about. <laughs> that's facts. That's facts. That's facts. But with that being said, you know what I'm saying? We talked about Dell Jr., you know what I'm saying, my man Steph. Next star over on that West Coast Western Conference loaded with stars. None other than the claw, you know what I'm saying? Maybe we start calling this guy the mask, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, man, he made some news. It kind of flew under the radar because he said it right before games started, but he has been open with the media about his desire to enter free agency after this season. Um, according to reports, it's expected that he will enter free agency after this season. I mean, look, Clippers off to a rough start. He's getting elbowed in the face by his own teammates. I, I mean, Look, why would you want to stay? <laughs> Listen, you, you prove a valid point, bro. I think that, honestly, the end of the road is near if something, anything cha doesn't change. I think it's over for Kawhi Leonard being a Los Angeles Clipper because I think one of the big motivations for Kawhi, obviously, you know, he's from California, from that L.A. area, Compton, you know. Um, he wanted to be back home. But I think a big reason he went, and I'm pretty sure he came out and he said it, was he was excited to play along Paul George. 
Paul George has been everything but Paul George. He's been George Paul. He had a gr- honestly, if I'm being fair, he's been playing. He's had a good start. Pretty yeah, well. He's had a good start. Yeah, he has a good start to the season. I mean, that one game they lost to the Mavericks by. <laughs> I don't know what was. <laughs> I don't it, know 50, if we gotta dude? call that a loss. Like we gotta think of another word. That was like an embarrassment. That was. Obliteration, bro. Like <laughs> embarrassment, bro. These men got obliterated, bro. Like that was not even a game. That was there was no competition in Facts. that. You know what I'm saying? You know, but uh, I think I think that this is very much a proving year for the Clippers. I think the Clippers have to either make it to the Western Conference Finals or the championships and win a ring. Like other than that, if they don't make it at least to the WCFs, yeah. Kawhi's gone, bro. Kawhi's so. gone because there's really, there's no reason for him to stay. And I'll say this though, I do like the Serge Ibaka pickup. You know what I'm saying? But if they could have done it, they have a bunch of bums in that in that front court. You know what I'm saying? If they could have gotten rid of a couple bums instead of Montrez, you know what I'm saying? Maybe not paid Luke Kennard so much and kept Montrez. I think they look a lot better in the post against the Los Angeles Lakers. Like you said, a lot of teams didn't. They got better, but they didn't sign players to beat the Lakers. You know, the Clippers, they needed to do that because their competition is directly the Lakers. Well, it that is. and the Nuggets, it apparently. Is. But and they still <laughs> didn't really address the issue of beating the West. Uh, that's that's still a problem. Because if you look at this team and you just categorize their players, right, forwards, excellent, A+. plus. Big men, front court, like you were saying, Zubac and... Serge Ibaka now. Serge Ibaka takes them a little bit better. I think that's still a, like a B minus at its best. Guards still trash. Guards still trash. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they have great forwards. Yeah, their front court is front court is a little bit better. But uh, when you look at the teams not named the Lakers, still gonna give these Clippers a big problem. I think Phoenix could take it, them down. I, I seriously believe that. Dude, honestly, man, I don't have confidence in them at all. For a team this good, you should be like, okay, I have no like. If, for example, you told me the La- the Suns were gonna beat the Lakers, we probably are. We probably have a fight. You feel <laughs> what I'm saying? But like with the Clippers, bro, like I can't disagree with you because I could see them losing. I could see Paul George going one for fifteen. You know what I'm saying? And them losing the game by five. You yeah. know, uh, it's tough, man. You you shouldn't feel this way about such a good team. But again, they have a lot to prove. There's a lot that they need to show to Kawhi that says it's worth it for him to stay in L.A., you know? He was able to win a ring with the Raptors, and I honestly think the Clippers have a better team, you know? Let's not forget. Talk about doomsday. Talk about doomsday. For L.A., for Steve Ballmer. If Kawhi was to leave, man, back to the basement. My gosh, that would be awful. That would be awful for this Clippers franchise. They're over because then they're stuck with Paul George. And I don't think anyone really wants to play with Paul George right now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That'd be a mess. You're right, dude. They'd be back to the bottom. The, just just the realms of just un- being unknown. Nobody cares about them. <laughs> like, they were horrible up until Chris Paul and Blake Griffin were on that squad. You know what I'm saying? They've been able to stay good. They had Doc for a couple years. Now they picked up Kawhi and Paul George. Kawhi's gone. Everyone else is going to try and leave. That's yeah. <laughs> They suck, you know? Oh, man, I feel bad. I feel bad. I don't know any Clippers fans, but if you are listening, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Ty, I want to say something, bro. You do realize we are the only generation in the history of the NBA to ever see a Clippers team go to the playoffs? To ever see a Clippers team with a winning record? Bro, 
the the Clippers, like, dude, like the Clippers, maybe before like that Chris Paul era. Tell me the last time they made it to the playoffs. There's at least 20 years in there, at least 30 years. They don't have a championship. They suck. I don't think they've been to. I don't think they've <laughs> like, been to a finals. That's what I'm trying to show you, bro. Like they might have made the playoffs before the Chris Paul era a couple times, but if you've been around for 40 years, you made the playoffs twice and and probably lost in the first round. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know you what guys, I'm saying? Good. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, we don't we don't need to cook the we don't need to continue cooking the Clippers. I mean, they have a lot to prove. I still think they have they have a solid team. But uh, with that being said, let's transition it. Final topic for today. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the guys so far in this great season who've been putting in that work, man. You want to go through the stat leaders, Ty, with me? Okay, yeah, let's do it, man. How you want to start this? All right, we'll start it off with points. You know what I'm saying? I'll take it away with the points. So first off, you know what I'm saying? The NBA has developed into such an offensive-centric league. Teams are scoring 100 points at ease, where even as as recent as five, six, seven years ago, it wasn't average. It, it wasn't common where you see 100 points being scored from each team, you know? But with that being said, the first guy we got starting this off, he's only played three games so far, but James Harden, no surprise there. My man is putting up 37 points a game. He's absolutely been explosive his first three games back. Second up, we got Bradley Beal at 31.2. We got Trey Young in third place at 30.6. Trey Young and Bradley Beal, shouts out to them. Young Cats putting in that work. KD, fourth place. No surprise there. I mean, he's coming off his injury, but he's been balling, averaging 28. CJ's been going off. He's putting up 28 as well. Jalen Brown, I think, is having a career year. He's putting up, you know what I'm saying? He's putting up 27 and a half points. He's balling. Joel's doing his thing at 26 and a half. Steph at 26.4. Kyrie right below him at 26.2. And none other than Colin Sexton, 10th place, 25.8 points a game, man. Shots up. And a couple things, a couple things I want to point out. Brooklyn Nets, this is why we think they're the problem. (laughs) Two guys, only team (laughs) with two guys in the top 10, Kyrie and KD, averaging over 50 points collectively on the season. Another thing. Bradley Bill balling out, averaging 30 again. Last year he didn't make an all-star team, but that's a conversation for another day. This goes against the narrative that stars can't survive with Russell Westbrook. Bradley Bill just putting up numbers as good as last year with the Brody in town. And Brody's balling too. I mean, their team sucks, but (laughs) they've been playing very well with each other. That's a great duo. It's got to win some games. Thanks, thanks. It might be a surprise, you know, LeBron laid this category last year, but we all expected him to step down with Dennis Schroeder taking over the point guard duties down in L.A. But we got the Joker at a staggering 13 assists per game. This has got to be a record for a center, first point center in the league franchise history. All right, in the league history, I think I can't think of another. Facts. Can you? No. Point center, maybe with the exception of Magic Johnson in the finals when he played center, but that's not really a point True. center. Jokic really guarding centers playing as a center, playing as a point guard, real deal. James Harden, second on that list, 11 assists per game, also putting up numbers. Only guy top two in points and assists. He's just a wrecking ball, man. Chris Paul, he's here every year, 8.7 assists per game. Kyle Lowry, 8.3. DeMar, DeRozan, the more I say it, the less I like it. But he's been balling, shooting threes this year. Eight assists per game, leading that San Antonio young team. Trey Young, 
absolute problem. Eight assists per game. LeBron James, he wasn't going to slip too far on this list. 7.3. So bonus the shocker out here at eighth on the list. Seven assists per game. And Darius Garland, the other part of Sexland, seven assists per game. And hold on. We got a surprise at 10. New York, Julius <laughs> Randle has entered the conversation for point forward. Seven assists per game, man. Hold the phones, my boy JR. Julius yes, Randle giving the Knicks some representation. I know. You love to see it. I, you love to see it, I had to check it, the man. glasses. Hey. Yeah, man. He's, he looks like a new player. <laughs> he's no longer forcing it on offense, but still putting up numbers offensively. He looks like a better version of what he was back in New Orleans. Second year around, new coach Thibodeau has been great for him. I think they got the same tough nose and minds that mindset. Fitzdale might have been a little too nice to the young guys. Really a, more of a star coach than a young coach. Um, but Randall's been balling, man. Props to him. Bro, real quick, dog. We got to – shots out Julius Randle, bro. I saw my dog Statland. I was like, is this – who is – is this LeBron? This man has – he's averaging 23 points a game, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. I mean, granted, only five games or whatever so far. But, man, shots out Julius, you know what I'm saying? And then someone else I mentioned earlier in the pod, DeMontis Sabonis. He's he's putting in work, man. Guys putting up 22.4 points a game, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. He's balling, you know what I'm saying? And, like, dog, I, I had to laugh when you were talking about James Harden earlier. Like, dog, all this controversy around James Harden, the trade, the NBA finding him because he went out without a mask to the strip club, him just constantly living that party animal life. Like, you, when you see his numbers, <laughs> it, it's almost unbelievable. I have to laugh. It's like, how does someone – you okay, James Harden cares, but he almost gives off an energy that he does not care. That he does not give a damn whatsoever. And he's putting up 37 points a game on 50% shooting, 45% shooting from three-point land, 11 assists, 5.3 rebounds, a steal a game. Oh, my God, dude. James, bro, like, you have to laugh. Like, imagine if James Harden cared. (laughs) Like, imagine if he, you know what I'm saying? Imagine if he actually, instead of going out every night, would get some good sleep. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't hungover every game. Like, just... Bro, you have to laugh. Like, James Harden is so good. You're right. Like, who cares what he does outside of the, like, in his private life? If he's going to give you 37 and 11, like, he can do whatever the hell he wants. You know what I'm saying? And he's efficient. His PER is 35, bro. Like, pretty sure that's leading the NBA as well. I don't see anyone else even near that. Closest person to him is Jokic, and he's at 30. Yeah. And we got Trey Young at 32. But you know what I'm saying, man. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff on the assists. Shouts out James Harden. I'm sorry to let that drag on. But, guys, you know for us, man, I have to go on my rants. But with that being said, keep it pushing to the rebounds. You know what I'm saying? And these big men have been putting in that work. You know what I'm saying? Number one, Andre Drummond. No surprise there. He's been the best rebounder in the NBA for the last five, ten, five years at least. You know, 14.8 rebounds a game. Second place, we got Rudy. Rudy Gobert over in Utah, 13.2 rebounds. My guy, Joel Embiid in Philly, you know what I'm saying? He's having a great season, you know what I'm saying? He's giving you 26.5 points with 12.3 rebounds, assists, blocks, you know what I'm saying? He's doing it all. Then we got my guy, Jonas Valanciunas on that young squad, giving you 12 rebounds a game. Uh, We got Giannis. He never disappoints. Giannis got 11.7 in sixth place. Tied in sixth place, we got Nikola Vucevic, Mason Plumlee, also putting up 11.2. You know what I'm saying? 
DeAndre Ayton at eight at eleven, Nikola Jokic at uh, nine at uh, tied at nine at eleven with my guy Demontis Sabonis, and at eleven with shots out Jared Allen at ten point seven rebounds a game. Guys are putting up numbers on the glass this season, man. It's crazy. Like to put into perspective, bro. Let's go to all the way down to number thirty. Number thirty is putting up seven point eight rebounds a game, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, it's a big difference. These guys are killers on the glass. And uh, shouts out to those guys on this list also averaging 20. That would be Joel Embiid, of course, Giannis, Jokic, and Sabonis. A lot of ballers in the league this year, you know what I'm saying? They, and, and real quick, I want to touch, man. They talk about how the NBA big man is not as important as it used to be. These guys look pretty damn important to their squads, you feel me? With that being said, we talked about, you know, offense. We're going to switch it over to the defensive end, you know what I'm saying? We'll move through the steals and the blocks relatively quickly. But first place steals at 2.8. We got OG Ananobi over in Toronto. Larry Nance Jr. second with 2.6. Andre Drummond, who we just mentioned his name on the rebounds. We're going to mention his name on the blocks too. He's putting in that work. He talked about how he wanted to be Depoy this year. So it, it looks like it. We got Dylan Brooks fourth. 2.2, not a name we'd expect there. P.J. Tucker, fifth, tied with Drew Holiday, Jeff T., Miles Turner, and Jalen Brown. We got a five-way tie for fifth place at two steals a game. Then tied for tenth, we got Marcus Smart, and no other than everyone's favorite Milwaukee Buck, Giannis Antetokounmpo at 1.8. You know what I'm saying? Some guys that we would expect to mention. Some some surprising on that list. Surprising on that list. For sure, for sure. And shout out Lonzo. He was 12 there, but, you know, 12 <laughs> won't get as much love as a top 10. So, with that being said, moving on to the blocks. And, again, it's very important to mention we're only three to six games in for most teams at this point. But, nonetheless, numbers are looking crazy. They're going to go down a little bit. But, either way, we're going to start off the blocks Monster. with my guy Monster. over in Indiana. Beast, bro. Miles Turner, who looks like he's trying to. He's trying to make a run for Defensive Player of the Year. My guy said 4.2 blocks a game, 2.0 steals. He's been playing pretty well, you know what I'm saying? Then a not-so-known name at number two, Chris Boucher from the Toronto Raptors. He's I putting like up 2.5 like blocks kid. a game. Chris Boucher, he's a beast, bro, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't forget, don't sleep. In 18 minutes, he's giving you 2.5 blocks, 10 points, you know what I'm saying? He's giving you 6.3 rebounds. While he's also shooting, and that shot looks fun. That shot looks weird, but it's going in. (laughs) It's going in, bro, because he's shooting 45, excuse me, 55 from the field, and like I mentioned, 40 from three point land. So, shouts out Chris Boucher, you know what I'm saying? And in third, a guy that everybody knows, everybody loves, Andre Drummond, you know what I'm saying? He's putting up 2.4 blocks a game with the 2.4 steals we mentioned earlier. Not a so common name when you're thinking about blocks. Miles Bridges, young guy out of Charlotte. He's putting up 1.8 blocks a game. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we got five more guys. Actually, we're going to have a few more than five more guys because we got a big t- four-way tie for seventh place. But in fifth place, we got DeAndre Jordan, Christian Wood tied at 1.7 blocks a game. Shouts out Christian Wood. You know what I'm saying? The guy is having a career year. Great story. We talked about him, but he he's a bucket, man. Uh, and then tied at seven, we got Ben Simmons, Robert Williams the third, Mitchell Robinson, New York, Ayo. New York. You know Ayo. what I'm saying? And uh, James Wiseman, all at one point five. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. James Wiseman showing some flashes like we talked about earlier. Ben Simmons, I think he needs to score a little bit more. He's only averaging 13 on the season, but playing defense at an all-star level, like always. And Christian Wood, baby AD. This man's been doing it all for Houston Rockets early in the season. Yeah, man, he, look, he looks good, man. And honestly, the Rockets look good. But with that being said, though, you already know. Shouts out to everybody who be tuning into the Hoop Plug. Shouts out to everyone who tuned into this episode. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot of great stuff we're going to come at you yes, guys sir. with this year. Yes, Big year for the Hoop Plug. Big year for everyone listening. Big year for everyone listening. I hope I all, all had a new year. That's going to do it. That's going to do it. Of the Hoop Plug in the books. For us. For us. Let them know where to you put that. You already know. Happy New Year's and put some flavor in your ear. <laughs> Peace.